You're listening to Life Without Limits with Tom and Bunny. If you're under 18, this podcast is not for you. These are our opinions and what works for us well in the lifestyle community. You can see all of our videos and listen to all of our other podcasts at TomAndBunny.com. All of our podcasts and videos are brought to you from Tom's Trips, the leader in adult travel. If you want to travel with us, check out Tom'sTrips.com or call 800-285-0853 today. Now, enjoy the podcast. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. We're Tom and Bunny. Hello, everyone. And today we're going to be talking about swing clubs. Yes, and how far they've come. Yeah, so um, in the next half hour, we're going to discuss their sizes, trying to find them, what they had before, what they have today. Right, and how lucky the new people are that are going now versus when we started going over 20 years ago. And that's what I'm going to say. You, Unless you've been in the lifestyle, as long as we have, you have no idea the pitfalls we went through. Correct. So with that said, when we first got in the lifestyle, you know, we didn't know about all these parties, events. Well, there wasn't that many when we were in the lifestyle. No, and you had to really, there was no internet, no computer. So you had to either know people or search them out. Correct. So we we had only heard of one hotel party and we weren't going to go to that because that was too close to home. Right. And that's typically the new people's attitude. Oh, that's too close to home. Now we'll we'll go across the street. You don't want to play in your own backyard. Right. Well, that all changes over time. Yeah, it does. So anyway, we, we we moved to California and we're meeting people on the websites like Mm swinglifestyle.com. I think that was at the time the only one we were on. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think so, so. because they've been around pretty much the longest. Mm-hmm. But anyway, after meeting a few people, we started hearing things about this nudist slash swing club. Right. And we didn't go for a long time because we weren't nudists. We weren't nudists. So we didn't want to be kind of forced to be naked. Right. So we um, we finally ended up going. Now... Back then, you had to call the club. Yes. There was no if, ands, or buts about it. You weren't you weren't even going to get the address. And if you just showed up at their door... You were turned away. Well, they're going to find out who gave you that address. Yep. And, and then, once they find out who gave you the address, then they're probably going to ban them, too. They but were a little underground. They were way underground. Way under the radar. Everything. Mm-hmm. So... We finally get the nerve up, so I, I'm still nervous, so I have Bunny call. <laughs> now, what, what, what's your perception, 20 years ago, what was your perception of a swinger club once we heard about them? My perception of a swinger club, the minute we heard about them, was just sex everywhere you could find. Right, you walk, you walk in and everybody's having sex. And that's we thought... Man, you call their phone number day or night, somebody's sitting there just having sex answering the phone. Right. That's what I was thinking. Yes, and people still think the same way now. They still think the same way today. (laughs) So we, Bunny calls and the interview at that time, at this particular club, and we really, really liked this idea um, versus today. Mm Mm-hmm. But you had to be in a committed relationship. Yes. There was, uh, 
no, go find someone off the street and come in and pay your money and walk in the door. Right. They wanted if you weren't if if you are married, your IDs better match. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't have the same last name or you were dating, you better have at least four to five years of photographs of the two of you together in various locations and circumstances because they wanted to vet people in that weren't committed relationships. Right. They didn't want to have to go through um, a lot of the drama and everything that goes along with a lot of people that are just dating. Right. Or just new new to each other and new to the lifestyle. So back then, we had to go through this whole process, go in there. And I know all the clubs want to see ID today, but them... At the time, they were looking at last names. They were really scrutinizing it. They weren't just looking at an age. Right. And today, you don't even have to call most clubs. Most clubs have their addresses on their website. Right. There are still a few of them out there that you have to um, call first in order to get an address. Right. But for the most part... But for the most part, yes. Yeah. You could just... I mean, they list their addresses on... The, all their ads, the matchmaker websites, everywhere you could mm-hmm. see their addresses. Right. So that right there, you don't have to go through what we had to go through. No, but also, like too, microphone. what people got to know, too, is like back in the day, we're talking over 20 years ago. Obviously, in our lifestyle, we are not of the moral majority. So back then, a lot of these clubs weren't licensed. Right. So they were kind of like what you want to call the underground type the things. underground. Okay, so now, back then, 20 years ago, they didn't really have internet. No. Actually, they didn't. They, no. I mean, internet was just fairly just, new. Yes. You had AOL and CompuServe. You didn't have what we see today, where you plug in a computer and it's already on the internet. You had to dial in and go through all the tones and everything. Yeah. And it was slow. And then when they did have internet and they finally had web pages, that's all it was, was like one web page. Right. It wasn't what it is today. No. So now, mind you, we had to find out about this club through word of mouth. Correct. And a lot of people hadn't even gone to the club and they were only reeling what their perceptions were right and yes exactly what their perceptions were and what they heard but we know how things can be heard i'm just fixing your microphone okay we know where um stories can go with people that i heard about this club and i heard that these things go on and yeah you got to go there for yourself and find things out. Right. So, sorry about that. I was fixing Bunny's microphone real quick. <laughs> um, so, anyway, nowadays, you can go anywhere and find a swing club. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go on any chat, any website, any matchmaker website, talk to a friend. Everybody today knows of a local swing club near them. Correct. And if they don't, all they got to do is Google it. Google swing clubs in mm-hmm. my area. Yep. So, you know what? Some, I think Colette's comes up. In you, our area? If you do swing clubs in our area and you're <laughs> near one of the clubs. He, he spends a lot of time marketing. But back then they didn't do that. No. 
Okay. You so, had to know what city you wanted to go to. Right. So, 20 years ago, when you went to a club, you went there to play. Yes. I mean, you can socialize, but come, okay, club opens 8, and, eight or 9 o'clock at night, socializing is over about 1030. Mm-hmm. Uh, by 11, if you went there to socialize, you would literally be the only people up in the bar area. Correct. Because everybody else was already downstairs playing. Well, we, we call it downstairs. But it, wherever yes. the playroom is. Uh, <laughs> but nowadays, it seems more social. It is. Uh, everything has changed. Everything's changed. Where we would go to a club 20 years ago, the playroom literally from 10, 30, 11 at night was packed until they closed. And you only went up to the bar to get water. Right. You got to hydrate. Now, we went to a swing club. Now they are lifestyle or they are social clubs. That's the way that they are. That's the way they're termed. Yes. And I think it evolves the way it's termed. Absolutely. And also, the way the owners want to project it. Yes. So, when we first started going to a club, it looked like a swing club. Yes. Uh, it was very well laid out to accommodate, accommodate swingers. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, they are just full-on Las Vegas-style nightclubs in the bar area. Yes. Very nice. Very nice dance floors, high-end DJs, high-end lighting, right. bars. Yes. Yeah. When we first started going to a swing club 20 years ago... The DJ only knew 12 songs because they didn't hire real professional DJs. Right. Now. Even though this guy called himself a real DJ, he knew 12 songs. Now all of your all of your clubs hire the best of the best when it comes to DJs for for your entertainment. Right. And and you could tell the more successful clubs by the, the quality of DJ. Me and Bunny are a firm believer that a DJ can make or break a club. Oh, absolutely. And we have been to clubs where there's not a huge turnout. The club's been open for 10 years, and you hear the DJ, and you know exactly why mm-hmm. they only have a few couples. Where you go down the road or to another state, and you walk into a club, and it's bulging with people, but the DJ's playing phenomenal yep. music. They've got to be able to read their crowd. Right. So 20 years ago, they didn't give a crap. Nope. By, the, by 10, 30, 11 o'clock again, everyone's going downstairs. So that DJ is just up there for just in case someone comes up for a glass of water. Yeah. Now, there are, there are still a handful of actual swing clubs out there that are still run like that. And you know what? I want to go to some of those. <laughs> you know, I love the social lifestyle clubs, but... You know, there's times where you just want to go to a swing club. Right. And and that's where you're going to play more than... I, I think uh, back then, you know, you hear the term taking one for the team? All the time. Okay. Back then, I don't think anyone ever takes one for the team. And if they do, sorry, they're idiots. <laughs> right. Right? Yep. I mean, I mean that's like... I'm not going to go and play with somebody that I don't want to. Exactly. You put the Knicks on me a few times where mm-hmm. the girl is attractive and I'm all ready to, I'm lock cocked, ready to rock. And you're like, 
No. Mm-mm. Nope. Not nope. happening. So, but back then it was easier to find compatible partners. It was a lot easier back then. And not saying anyone had to take one for the team. It's just, I think we are more accepting of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back, back then we were a little more, because nowadays it's the type of bag you carry a lot of times, the clothes that you wear, they branded or unbranded. There, I mean, back then I there wasn't as many, and, and I'm not talking about anyone specific, but I think we've become a little more vain. Oh, of course. Just the whole the society in a whole. I, that's what I'm talking about. In, mm-hmm. in a whole society. Yes. Not any specific group or people. That's why I like being naked. Yeah, because, no, I mean, you, you, there's nothing to judge. Because <laughs> you ta- can't tell that I'm carrying a Target bag. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but it was easier to hook up with people. It was because, because of the way that the lifestyle has evolved. And the, now the consensual non-monogamy is there's so many different people on so many different levels. And some people even come to the clubs and they're not even, they don't even play whatsoever. And they just like to come. And the fact that nobody wants labels anymore, I think it's the huge hardest. It, yeah, it's hard because we would say that. I mean, we can use every name under the book, but we're swingers in the swinging lifestyle. Yeah, we okay. are. We are. So, <laughs> um, but like nowadays at a club, it's really, really hard because there's many, many facets. Before you walked in, like 20 years ago, you walked in the door and you winked at someone, they winked back. It was game on. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they want to become friends. They want to almost meet your family they <laughs> i mean they're using the std thing as the reason but just because we become friends doesn't mean you're not going to catch something right because you're only as clean as your last play partner correct and so that goes with today that what we see a lot of times is the couples who want monogamy between another couple mm-hmm they don't want monogamy with their own wife, but they are husband, but they want it with another couple. Right. So, which is kind of interesting, but it's kind of funny because we see these couples from the outside and we see the one couple staying monogamous. Yep. And we see the other couple playing around. Yes. And everyone knows they're playing around, but, but the, couple that the couple that think they're monogamous <laughs> with <laughs> So no, don't I, get me wrong. There are a lot of poly couples out there. Then they actually well, live together. About, I'm not talking about poly couples. I know we're just talking about monogamous. We're talking about swinging. Where where we go with the the neighbors and say, okay, well, I guess now we're only going to play together. Well, I would have love to have like ten or twelve monogamous couples with us. Right. So we can bang all twelve of them, but they can't bang anyone else, <laughs> not even each other. <laughs> A little one-sided, if you ask me. I think it's very one-sided. <laughs> but so now, like, when we first went to a club, and I'm jumping back and forth. I'm just kind of going off little memories back then. We talked about the DJ. We talked about the club and everything and the evolution. When you would go to a club 20 years ago, they did not have real DJ systems. They didn't have state-of-the-art lighting and sound. Basically, most uh, clubs had 
big old heavy wood swap meet speakers, as I call them, or home stereo speakers. Uh, some have the, if you remember them, the five CD changers. Well, some would have like a couple of those, so they just put them on random. Right. And put 10 discs in, and that's how you got your music. Now, you gotta, we also got to go back to like um, trapeze. We did not actually go to trapeze back to 20 years ago. No. And then, of course, they had Play-Dohs 20 years right. back I'm then, on, We're too. only talking about what we experienced. But what we experienced, Personally. Yes, because of the fact that everybody was so underground that they would get a club up and running, and it would be up and running for maybe six months, and then it shut down, and they have to move on to another location. And that still happens today. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that, that's another thing. Back then, you know, I'm sure there was some licensing and everything, but I don't think anyone truly knew if they were legal or not. I don't think they did. And a couple clubs were, mm-hmm. but they still didn't know if they were really legal to be operating a sex club. Well, that, and you always still had to worry about, at back in the day, um, you still always had to worry about the news crews coming in oh yeah the um we we personally witnessed one in the midwest where it was a house party mm-hmm. and since they were shutting them down for zoning they the police actually called the news crew and told them what they're going to do so you got all these tv stations out in front of this house and literally like 25 30 couples were paraded out of the house in front of the cameras and they had no way, I mean, some tried obscuring their faces, but we know of at least a firefighter that was fired and a teacher that mm-hmm. were fired because they were in the news. Yep. And nowadays, it's so mainstream, the news doesn't even bat an eye. No, no, we've become definitely become a lot more mainstream. We're still not of the moral majority, which I really wish that we could be, but, but people... They've got to understand how much these club owners go through. Oh, I know. To keep these high-end clubs and any clubs actually open and running. But I was going to, I'm going to finish my statement that I started. Okay. So back then, 20 years ago, you didn't have all this lighting and everything. No. The, The clubs did not invest in the social aspects of it. No. They invested in chips and dip. So maybe some mixers, a couple bags of ice, and opening their doors mm-hmm. uh, and washing the sheets. And you had to bring your own towel most of the time. Yes. A lot <laughs> of the clubs we went to, we had to bring our own towels. Yes. Yep. And nowadays, some of these lights in these clubs, when you're, when you're standing on a dance floor and you're looking up at the ceiling, it could be a $100 light. It could be a $5,000 light each. Each. Mm-hmm. Individually, mm-hmm. Um, when, when and it's funny because that's the first thing we look at when we go to a club. First now. thing we look at because <laughs> that's going to tell you the quality. We check out their DJ system and their lighting system, right? And if 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 you can't acknowledge the music, um, I mean, we'll never go back. If it's if we'll give it a couple times, right? Different DJs, mm-hmm. but yeah, no. Now, nowadays, with these top DJs, it's very competitive. Can, yes, and, extremely competitive um, out there. You know, I always joked around that I called them diva DJs. And I always say, you know, if a DJ can make or break a club, they can be replaced 
really fast. Right. And now we see these clubs traveling the world with um, travel agencies and with all these big conventions. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're hiring DJs mm-hmm. to go entertain because the popularity of them. Absolutely. And I think everyone needs entertainment, especially when you're in the entertainment industry. You got that right. Um, food. When we first started going to a club 20 years ago, they had a little bit of food. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they had a couple crock pots, a couple of cheese platters, crackers and chips and cookies or cakes or little cupcakes or whatever. That's a lot of food. A lot of clubs don't even provide that. No, still, still today. today. <laughs> yeah, still today. That was bummy. Sorry. <laughs> um, so she took me off track. But anyway... Nowadays, the buffets are huge. They are huge. Before, people would go to dinner on their way to the club. The food was only for energy when you were playing. Yeah, to kind of keep you going through the night. Right. Or so you didn't leave too early. I would turn Bunny down now. She gets excited. I was telling her that earlier. Because a lot of times I see it now that we travel and we do this for a living a lot of times that i see that the clubs that don't offer food or even anything to munch on or even to purchase people leave earlier they do because they're going to go to mcdonald uh, not mcdonald's um if you're in california it's jack, jack in, in the, the box, box. <laughs> uh, well wherever your local place to go to whether it's whataburger whataburger or <laughs> taco bell or whatever uh, but that's what's going to happen. People are mm-hmm. going to leave to go to a fast food. And guess what? They're not coming back. And this may sound crude, but people, a swing club's commodity is you. Yes. And if you walk out the door, they have nothing to sell. Nope. I, it sounds bad. But it's the way it is. It's true, though. I yeah. mean, they're running a business, and you're patronaging that business looking for commodity, and you happen to be part of the commodity. Well, hell, I remember back in way back in the day, people would get done playing. They would go because they had showers. So they would get done playing. They would go take a shower. They would go up, grab something to eat, get, grab another drink, and then they were back playing again. Right. They, they didn't have the recovery time uh-uh. that is required today. But you know what? Back then, they didn't drink as much. No. I mean, we we partied, but we partied in a way where by 1 or 3 in the morning, we never left at 2 because that was last call at bar. Mm-hmm. But it, we wanted to be able to be sober enough to drive home between 1 and 3. Yep. And even though at the time the club closed at 10 in the morning, we could have slept there all night. But, you know, you want your own bed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you want your own bed. But, um, but yeah. So with that, the um, I, I lost where I was at. You were talking about people leaving early and the food, the food that people offered. Right, right. Oh, and then I was talking about the drinking and everything. Yes. Nowadays, people drink a lot. I mean, they're bringing coolers full of jello shots they're bringing full bars and bags you know before when we first went because of all the fear of unknown abc laws and when i say unknown is because they were making them up as they go not the abc but the owners of the clubs or the managers 
um, what they thought might be law. So when you brought a bottle with you, you weren't allowed to share it with nobody. Nope. If those people did not bring a bottle, they could not drink out of yours. Mm -mm. Nowadays, they don't give a crap. (laughs) So it's evolved. Yes. But they were afraid that if someone got drunk and they got it from your bottle and the club served it or it happened at their club, they'd be ultimately responsible. But the clubs now, most all clubs have attorneys and they... They're they lo- have their licenses. They're actually, mm-hmm. yeah, a and lot they of play clubs before the, couldn't afford an attorney. They play by the state laws. They, they actually, so now before, the clubs were, they weren't even inspected. They were so underground, they weren't even inspected by the fire department, the health department, zoning, code, nothing. They were opened as warehouses. Yeah. And then you basically, what's in a warehouse? You just store things. So there's no reason for the health department, code enforcement, or anyone, because technically you're not having customers. A lot of them were opened as churches. Yeah, our churches. So churches, most of them don't serve food, so you're not going to have the health department. Um, Nowadays, these clubs are inspected by everybody. Everybody. Everybody under the sun and everybody wants their permit fees and licenses and everything else. So when we went 20 years ago, yeah, you didn't see none of that. (laughs) No. And we're still alive. We are still alive. We're still alive to tell everybody about it. Right. So with that said, um, our binger is going to go off. Huh? You, everybody, you really need to, if you are an avid club goer, you really need to go to your club. Oh, timer off. Yep. You really need to go to your owner and thank them for all that they do for you. And you need to patronage the club. Yes. Even if you go once a month, trust us, that club will be around for years. Mm-hmm. If you don't, um, it costs a lot of money to run these clubs. It does. It really does. And like I said, you don't, you're just going there on the weekends and you're enjoying the party. You don't know how much happens behind scenes that you wouldn't even begin to think about. Right. For a club to be open two days a week, a successful club, Mm -hmm. they are working seven days a week, the managers and the owners. Yes. Seven days a week. Yep. Just to give you two nights of parties. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you can imagine the clubs that are open, like, say, Tuesday through Saturday, that gives them even less time to actually do work inside the club for right. improvements. Between, yeah, between maintenance and So that means for a couple cleaning. of days, if they're going to build something, they're working 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So that way, that next day that they're open... It could be ready. Now, yeah. that, that, I mean, that's a successful quality club. Some clubs will just throw a curtain over it until they're done, and which is fine. There's nothing absolutely wrong with that. But these, these club owners are investing so much of their time and their money to give you the best opportunity that you can have to go out and have a great time. Right. So definitely patronage them. Yes. Definitely, definitely thank the club owners. When me and Bunny would leave a club, we would thank the bar staff, the DJ, the host couples. We literally did not walk out of there, and I mean, unless we couldn't find a specific person, but we thanked them because at the time they were all volunteers. Right. Now they're all paid most yes. of the time, but back then they were volunteers. So without them, we wouldn't have had a great time because there might not have been a club to have a good time at. Exactly. So if there are volunteers at your club and you know they're volunteers, 
thank them. Mm-hmm. Yes, volunteers usually get them for free, but they bust their ass even when they're not working mm-hmm. to make sure that club. They take pride in that club. They take very much pride. And that's why they volunteered to, in the first place. Absolutely, because they loved it and they wanted to give their best to it. Absolutely. So with that said, you have no ideas the pitfalls if you're just getting in the lifestyle. No. Today it's all handed to you on a silver platter. Yep. Uh, they're easy to find. Mm-hmm. They're actually very economical. If you they go are. to a regular nightclub at 15 bucks a drink, 12 a night, people are like, where the hell are you living? California pricing. Yeah. 12 to $15 a drink. You got two people. Every round is 35 bucks with tip. Mm-hmm. And people are like, you said $5? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, or $32. Whatever. Whatever it is. The dollar a drink. We would pop off $200, $250. With no problem. With no problems in just a couple, three, four hours. Mm-hmm. And nowadays you go to these swing clubs, our lifestyle clubs, our sexual non-monogamy or whatever you want to call it, club. Um, basically you pay a membership fee. Mm-hmm. A lot of people bitch about the membership fee. Uh, I got my opinions on the membership fees. Uh, I don't know if they're absolutely necessary, uh, are as much as they are, but a lot of clubs will take that membership. So let's just say your membership is 50 bucks for a year. A lot of that membership money goes into repairs of the club mm-hmm. and maintenance or upgrades. Correct. And then you have your entry fee. Those entry fees are your operating costs for the whole year. Mm-hmm. So when Christmas time's around and everyone has their company Christmas party, they the club actually will most likely lose money on those Saturday nights. Correct. Friday or Saturday nights because yeah. um, it's Christmas time. Graduation weekend, Mother's Day, uh, Christmas... Thanksgiving. There's a lot of holidays too. Right. Easter. uh, Easter. So those costs that they absorb your entry fee, that is to make sure that they can sustain being open all year. Mm -hmm. So membership is typically your upgrades and your um, repairs. Membership or your entry fee is operating cost. Yes. And of course they're going to get profit. Now, Now let's just take into, let's just go through this real quickly. Average club nowadays is anywhere between 70, and 80, 70 to ninety dollars. Correct for a Saturday night. So you're going to pay. Let's say your your premium. You're going to pay ninety dollars to get in. You're probably going to pay what twenty to thirty dollars for a bottle. Oh, easily. Well, we do. Well, we do. Uh, so, but well, let's just say a bottle of Fireball is twenty five dollars. Yeah. For the so gallon. you're you're at one hundred and twenty dollars for a night maximum. And you're and, and if you get the bottle, well, unless you're unless you could drink a lot, y- your bottle could last you two, three, four times going there. Right. So by the time you go to a non-premise club, um, and if they have food, you're already making money as if you were to go out on a to a regular nightclub. We used to say um, when people would tell us we are expensive. Um, we would tell them, you know, if you go to Denny's and a movie, you're going to spend more money. Mm-hmm. And that's Denny's and that's a movie. That's Denny's. Our, 
IHOP or Waffle House, whatever you guys want to call yeah. it, wherever you live. Well, hell, the last time we went to a movie and popcorn was over 40 bucks. 40 bucks. And then Denny's is typically about 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. yep. So you're talking $70 without getting laid. Without DJ music, with, without drinking, food. without drinking. Yes. So, so these these clubs are actually very economical. There's some actual clubs out there that are 150 bucks a night to get in plus membership. Right. And but depending on the location. Yes. They got to pay their rent. They got to pay their rent. <laughs> so again, definitely support your local club. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we know there's a lot of free meet and greets. We know there's a lot of house parties. We know there's the internet. You can meet people. But go to a local club. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You can go nope. there and people watch for all that matters. Yep. And definitely think about us when you walk in there and go, holy crap, we haven't made. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's our pitfalls and the growth of... The swing yes, club, the evolution. Come a long they have come, come a long way in and they, years. we still have they still have a lot more battles ahead, but um, eventually we'll get everything. We're still out. I, clubs, swingers, lifestyle, non-monogamy, sexual, whatever you want to call yourselves. We're still not the moral majority. Mm -mm. We are the moral minority. Yep. And with that said, we would like. So thank you for listening to us. Absolutely. We would like for you to go visit our website, TomAndBunny.com, and click on our travel link. Mm -hmm. There you'll find out where we're going to be, and if we're going to be in an area near you, send us a message or go to that specific event and come meet us. Preferably go to that event and meet us. Right, absolutely. Because we, we love may to not meet. have time to meet somebody on the side. Yeah, but we absolutely love to meet people when we're out and about. And we do meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram, both of them at Tom and Bunny. Mm -hmm. And definitely go to Swing with Tom and Bunny and like our Facebook page. Please do. So with all that said, travel with us to Hedonism. Tomstrips.com. Tomstrips.com. The leader in adult lifestyle travel. Right. And... Check out on our site, TomAndBunny.com. We actually, we go to four events a year at Hedonism. Mm -hmm. And we invite you to join us for Funderlust. That's the fourth week of January. Correct. We invite you to Miss No Swimsuit. That is mm -hmm. probably our most favorite event to go to. Yep, and it's Tom's Trip's signature event. And that's the their signature event. And that is the first week of March. Correct. And then we have Cassidy Crush. We are a huge fan of Cassidy. If you want free time on Cassidy, click the link on our website and you get 90 days free. Yes. Everyone else usually gets 30 days. We get 90 days free. So it's definitely worth the click. And um, we also have Sunny Buns. That's our newest That's our new event one. that we're hosting. Mm -hmm. So, and with all the events there... Um, at Tom's Trips, you can also be entertained by Mark Mays. Absolutely. So, I mean, we offer so much with our travel. We really, really do. So, all right. Until next time, y'all have a great night. You hear me? <laughs> my, See you soon. My Alabama accent. <laughs> Good we night. We don't have accents, do we? No. No. Good night. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And don't forget to book your next vacation with Tom's Trips. 
the leader in adult travel. You can book online at tomstrips.com or call 1-800-285-0853. And for all of our other videos and other podcasts, please visit our website, tomandbunny.com. Also on Facebook, check out Swing with Tom and Bunny.